Expanded Universe, Season 9, Episode 7, The Beast with Two Sabacs. The book, Crucible, by Troy Denning. The year, 2013. With your hosts, Jeff and John. Let's go! Welcome to Expounded Universe, the Star Wars Expanded Universe novel discussion podcast. I'm your ever-getting-it-wrong host, Jeff, joined as always by the guy who laughs at me, John. But you were doing so good. I know, I didn't you mess just, it up you ever. You just stopped it ever. I thought I, you were going to say, like, evergreen or something. Uh, it's me, your ever-greasy host. <laughs> That's it. There we are. <laughs> did, I get, did I get it there? Should you, I call myself that in the future? You got it. Mm-hmm. It's me, the guy with a horrible beard. <laughs> Ah, it's getting really, really big. You got a you got a bushel there on the chin. I do. I got to scape this thing down a bit. It's hit the point now where I can tie it off and actually have like a tied off beard, little braids, yeah, little braids and stuff. I can do like the Thor. Uh, <laughs> so it's time to go. I mean, ultimately, my daughter loves the beard, which is why I let it grow out in the first place, right? Uh-huh. Uh huh. But it's hit a point now where it's long enough that when she's sleeping on me, as she often does, I can't not wake her up with a fucking thing. <laughs> It's like I got a broom strapped to my chin. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's got to be hard to to maneuver around if you're trying to do that. It is. I've never had a beard this long before, and I don't intend to again. Yeah. And there are so many weird things about it that I didn't anticipate. Like, like sometimes I'll find it just under my shirt. Just like it'll just somehow my hiding down somehow there. my shirt will get just, worked up over it. And it'll, just, it'll be like like this. And like it's just hiding. Like, yeah, just hiding. Yeah. Uh, and that way you can lift your chin up and surprise people with your beard. <laughs> and they'll be like, oh, I just thought you had a weird neck. I just thought you were being a big dumb idiot for some reason. <laughs> also, yes. Mm, indeed. <laughs> Beards could be two things. <laughs> Look, I I contain multitudes. <laughs> I contain bearditudes. Uh, yeah, it's time, to, it's time to trim. Yeah. It, it definitely is. I feel like I'm going to take about half of it off. Good. So uh, anyway... Instead of just talking about my face, why don't we uh, why don't we talk about what's going on and what what had been going on when last we left our heroes? So when last we left our heroes, Han was taken off by the Krefs to some mysterious place, and hot on their tail was Luke and Leia, and then they got shot down by ship mm-hmm. and crashed into the Ormney. Yep, Maybe. The, the Ormney is the Star Destroyer-sized asteroid mining ship that is the uh, primary work base of operations for our evil villains, the Kreft brothers. That said, it's not their only base, and not even their coolest base. Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. They're, like, the people that own most of the universe at this point. They've mm-hmm. got to have some cool places. they got to have a way cooler secret base than this. Yeah. Uh, and that's that's probably where they're headed. But yeah, right at the end of the last chapter, or the first of the two last chapters, uh, Luke fired a torpedo to block a second torpedo from ship, the the evil meditation Sith sphere that is apparently super important, but you, but you and I, of course, have never encountered it before. No. And everything went white. And then we did a whole second story with uh, Ben uh, Ben Skywalker and his friend Tahiri Vela, the barefoot Jedi. <laughs> Indeed. As and you would know that if you were subscribed to Patreon.com slash System Mastery at the $2 or more level. That is correct. We did a deep dive on Tahiri Vela, the barefoot Jedi, as uh, one of our bonus content events at the $2 level on our Patreon. Yes. Uh, who knows what we'll do this time? Actually, I do because I've been promising it for two episodes in a row now. <laughs> So, you know, tune in for that. Come on down to our Patreon and join in. It's a good time. Indeed. But uh, well, these two also... chapters have nothing to do with Ben or Lando or anything that was going on with them. No, sir. First, we're going to check in with old Hand Solo. Yeah, Hand Solo. He uh, is Ham Solbo. <laughs> what do we used to call him? It was Ham Jello? Yeah, Ham Jello and Kabanka. <laughs> All right, Kabanka. <laughs> Oh, those were a childhood Halloween day <laughs> when uh, we were in our days. late 30s. <laughs> well, you were in your mid-30s. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, Han wakes up and finds that he is playing Sabacc. And he finds that he is a giant 
cockroach now. <laughs> yeah, he's Han Samsa. <laughs> Look, I'm doing it now. Yeah, you did I, it. I remembered the name of the guy. That's from a different bonus content, by the way. God, you should really be in our bonus contents. We're doing jokes. We're going to reference it constantly. That's our new method to force you to join it. Yeah, you're not going to get any of the jokes. They're all behind a paywall now. <laughs> also- Every joke is behind the paywall. <laughs> also, our Let's Play of Danganronpa. <laughs> You can't be sure it's not at the $10 level until you go and check. Yeah, it might be. <laughs> Bitch, I might be. <laughs> it's not, but it might be. Uh, so Han wakes up strapped to a chair in a reasonable facsimile of a high-end gambling sabak table establishment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, casino establishment. Style Huskow. Yeah. Wait, that's a jail. Hang on. Yeah, hold on. Back it up. <laughs> <laughs> I have added nothing. Yeah, uh, the uh the whole thing around him is it's basically all of the people that were there before, but <laughs> they're all cosplaying as being in a casino now. <laughs> so like Murta Gev is dressed up as the uh she's, dealer. Yeah, she's a dealer. They keep using the word tunic in this book. Uh, and it feels like it means something different every time they <laughs> say it. I think it means what they think it means. No, I'm pretty sure it does. I mean, it's just a shirt. It's just that in Star Wars, no one can just be wearing a shirt. It's always, it always has to be a homespun tunic of rough fabrics. Ooh. Yeah, Except it, this, because Murta's in a so nice one, because oh yeah. this is supposed to look like a high-end gambling establishment that they've yeah. set up here. We're in the very fanciest of casinos. Your Canto Bite, if you will. They've got some Mandalorian who's all yoked going around giving drinks, <laughs> which I just love the idea of some Mandalorian being like, hey, do you need a gin and tonic? I mean, ultimately, that's got to be the best assignment if you're some Mandalorian gunrunner under Mira Gev's crew, and you're like, what do you do? Oh, I kill for a living. I'm, a, I'm the world's greatest fighter pilot. I, I, I'm awesome. I'm an awesome Mandalorian with a jetpack and a heavy machine gun. And then he's like, so wait, my assignment for the day is to hand people pink foam with a shrimp sticking out of it? This is going to be fun. I'm into this. Ah, <laughs> uh, a break. <laughs> Because that's, I mean, I don't know about you, but whenever I have a job and one like one day of the job is go do something insane, I'm always so happy with that. <laughs> like, the, Well, yeah, because if you have a job doing the same thing over and over and then they're like, hey, we got a weird project for you, you're mm-hmm. like, nice. Yeah, like when I worked at Trader Joe's, we had a huge blackout in San Diego that lasted like 14 hours. And the next day, my job was to stand outside of all the spoiled rotten food that was sitting in the parking lot and wave off people with a broom handle. <laughs> <laughs> I spent... <laughs> I spent six hours doing that, and I know that sounds like a horrible monster thing to do, like like uh, you know, keeping food out of the mouths of poor people or whatever. But it was rotted food, and we would have gotten sued. Yes, and so I was. It was a weird job, though. It was a weird job to go out and stand guard over Food Mountain. That sounds great. <laughs> so, so to me, this this Mandalorian's got the high life. He's just like, oh fuck yes, I get to wear a dumb little outfit and hand out canapes. And I don't know why, in my mind, he basically looks like a Chippendale dancer, <laughs> like just sleeveless with the cuffs. I don't know. It just in my head, that's what I'm picturing. <laughs> uh, yeah, I can see that. Sure. What, what, you want to fan cast him real quick? Oh yeah, sure. Jason uh, Manganiello. <laughs> Joe jo- Manganello? No, Jason Manganello, his older, sexier brother. <laughs> With a different pronounced last name. Yeah, he's got a little more gristle and a differently pronounced <laughs> last name. <laughs> Good. That's what I like but, to hear. But they are brothers. But they are brothers. It's very complicated. <laughs> the the uh, the family tree of the Manganellos and the Manganellos is... <laughs> Good. I'm glad. I'm Wait. glad we've discovered... What's this, this wait, what's this real pronunciation? Manganello. Oh, Manganello. That just sounds like a tasty, like British. It sounds like treat. someone crossbred some citrus fruits, yeah. and you got a Manganello. Yeah, it does. But anyway, that's uh, I'm still casting Joe Manganello as the the dude who has to hand out canapes. There you go. Are we good? That's fine. Everything fine. Yeah, okay. hey, I love th- it. Thumbs up. Now Han is also studded over with electrodes and needles and junk, and he can kind of tell, but he's strapped down, so there's not too much he can do. Yeah, it's uh. <laughs> It's definitely supposed to be a very off-putting, disorienting thing for him, Mm -hmm. because right now, they're not just playing Sabacc for money. Oh, no. They're (laughs) playing for answers. This is so... The Kreft brothers are getting really, really starting to drain on me, and I feel like it's pretty much, we're at the same point, the halfway point in the book, where I hate them about as much as I hated Shizor. I'm... 
I'm having the exact same thing I did with Shizor, where I just keep loving him more, and they're going to do something that makes me hate them, though. Yeah, I mean, they're... Because right now, they have just become, like, Bond villains. Because mm-hmm. instead of going, all right, well, we got this guy, and we want some information out of him, so let's do that. Let's just torture him. They're like, all right, we're going to dress him up in fancy clothes, stick him up with needles, and put him at a sabak table. And then when he comes to, they'll be like, ah, the bet is to you, Solo. And he doesn't even look at his cards. He's like, what do we, what do we do? Well, what, are we, what are we playing? This is the reason I'm not a huge fan of them, because every time we check in with anyone's thoughts on the Kreft brothers, they have to briefly pause to remind us what Kalumi are and do. <laughs> every time. So Han's like, there's no point in playing Sabak with Kalumis. They're incredibly good at it, and they'll instantly win because their brains work a thousand times faster than me, and they super cheat. <laughs> and I'm like, yeah, dude, but don't you remember 25 years ago when uh, when you played with when a Kalumi and, and you won a planet? Or did that... <laughs> You, you remember? I remember because I'm a professional at your life. <laughs> uh, yeah, but there's two of them, and <laughs> there is only one of him. Well, yeah, because the odds are stacked against him because not only does he have to win in order to get his questions answered, mm-hmm. and they win and get their question answered, but... There's it's basically two versus one. If either of them beats him, well, that and they also, get the answer. They can they can also instantly telepathically communicate with silent radio waves. Oh, yeah. Other, they can which... just look at each other and go, I've got a whatever. I've got this. Great. I'll, pa- I'll fold. I mean, there's a whole thing in here because this is going to be yet another chapter displaying how incredibly good at basic card mechanics Han is and also how lucky he is. Yes. Uh, there's a whole thing in here about how. Uh, God, Marvid is worried that Kratheus must have a better hand than him, and I'm like, what the fuck do you, just just check with him via your secret radio super communicator. Why are you actually playing the fucking card game? Also, even if you were like, no, we want to do this straight up, I'd be like, but why would you quit the hand? Mm-hmm. It only takes one of you having a better hand, regardless of what either of your hand is. The fact that Sabak is played where the cards can change while you're holding them mm-hmm. means even if your hand is garbage, just stay in the fucking round. Although I think they're playing a flat variation of Sabak where the cards don't change. No, they do, because Han specifically is like, oh, he looked at his cards, and now he's worried about them. Oh, they I, must have changed. Okay, I, I I had a different interpretation of that scene, and I think... W- anyway, my interpretation of that that part was he had three cards, he got dealt a fourth card, and he was like, oh, shit, because the fourth card did nothing for him and actually made his position more precarious. It's like if you've already got four cards in Blackjack, and they add up to, like, 15, and then he was like, uh, oh, no, 13, he was like, hit me, and he got dealt a two. And he was like, ah, oh, fuck, this isn't helpful, and now I'm significantly closer to blessing if I take again. See, but on in the way they describe it, though, is he gets the card, and then Tan stalls, essentially, until yeah. he looks at his hand and is like, oh, I don't know anymore. Yeah, so anyway, he does the exact same trick here that he does when playing against Lando, which is... If I know what my cards are, then they'll beat me. Yeah, so if I, I know to... what my cards are, then they can play against that. But if I just lock in my random bullshit, then I'm playing against whatever they think I have. So the the crafts, first of all, Mirda Gav also here, and like we said, the dealer, and she is very grumpy about this whole situation, because he doesn't start by talking to them. He's like, what's up, Gav? What am I doing here? And she's like, you're playing Sabak solo, you dumbass. <laughs> ah, fucking play. And they're like, here's the deal, uh, says, I think, Kratheus. Uh, we're going to play Sabak with you, and we're going to read all of your micro-expressions and little chemical things happening in your body and so on, and we're not playing for money, Solo. We're playing for questions. Where am I? Is that your opening bid? Ah, uh, oh, fuck off. Don't do that. You you horrible Bond villains. <laughs> That's basic conversational shit. <laughs> what am I, seven? Ugh. We play in D&D and you're twisting my wish spell? It's so good. I love it so much because yeah. they're just being assholes the whole time. Yeah. So the way the game's going to work is whoever wins, everyone submits a question to another player over the course of the of the game. Um, it, and, and raising is refinements or related questions to the first one. Yeah. And whoever wins the pot doesn't have to answer any questions and instead gets all the questions answered from everyone else who, who is playing. Uh so basically, it is very two against one. The two of them get to ask Han questions, and all he gets to do is ask one of them questions. And his questions, unfortunately, are pretty 
basic survival type stuff because he's like, yeah, sure, I'll play. Uh, where am I? <laughs> yeah. And they're like, you're at a sabak table on our ship. I can give you that for free. And he's like, no, really, I want to know like where I am. Where in the galaxy yeah. am I specifically? And Kratheus is like, well, I'm not a cheater, Solo. So I will tell you the following. I will not be able to give you coordinates for where you are in the galaxy. Hmm. But I can tell you where you are, but not exactly because one cannot be sure. You're like, uh. uh, uh I don't want to play this game if all your answers are going to be this shit. Let's do a control question. What is two plus two? Oh, the answers to that are many and numerous. Oh, it yeah, depends yeah, yeah. on the type of math you're using. You know All what? right, well, I- I'm going to go to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, he, his question is where are we? And uh, the question asked of Kratheus to him is, how did you feel when Chewbacca died? Which is. Great, given that we've very recently read the book where Chewbacca died. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh, look at that. Yeah. Like, for us, it was very, very close to what happened. But for Han, it's been like 15, 20 years. Yeah. So now, so Marvid is specifically just pissy that Han won't look at his cards. So when he's like, when uh, after the Kratheus question comes through, it goes to Marvin, and he's like, you haven't looked at your cards, Solo. And Solo's like, I don't think I violated any rules. Show me where it says I have to. Yeah. And, and he's like, mm, well, I fold anyway. I'm fairly certain that Kratheus has a better hand than me. Which, again, why? why Even if doing? Kratheus did, you could get another card and it, have a better hand. It's not like someone comes in second place in Sabak. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, but if he beats it, then I also have to answer his question. <laughs> I, I felt great when Chewbacca died. <laughs> Marvid, who ate the tuna salad that I left in the fridge? (laughs) I fold. (laughs) Fold. Out. (laughs) But Han Solo is basically taking this opportunity to once again try and drive a wedge between the brothers as he is only, like, talking to Kratheus. And anytime Marvid butts in, he's like, yeah, I wasn't talking to you anyway, Kratheus. Yeah. And so he's he's at least still got the presence of mind to fuck with them. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He's he's uh, fucking with the other because he's hooked on the brothers. <laughs> the brothers. The brothers. The brothers. <laughs> yeah, so basically he's still paying a lot of obeisance and respect to Kratheus, but it's all an act designed to piss off Marvid. And for some reason, despite the fact that these Kalumi are always five steps ahead of the people who are 12 steps ahead of everyone... It's working really well and really easily. Yeah, it's just every time they talk about them, like literally every time someone mentions the Kalumi, they're like, well, we can't outthink them. They're always going to be two steps ahead. And yet you meet them and they're like, hey, that guy said you're a butt. He did what? How dare he? Lasers engage. (laughs) (laughs) No, you idiot. I didn't say you look like a butt. But you might have. (laughs) But you didn't tell me that you didn't say I look like a butt. I'm two steps ahead, Kratheus. <laughs> I love these idiots so much. But Kratheus, I do look like a butt. How have you not mentioned it before? I sense treachery. <laughs> uh, so the refinement in the game goes on. Like Han's trying to figure out more about what's going on here. Mm-hmm. Whereas Kratheus is just trying to emotionally fuck with Han, because he's like, hey, uh, how come you felt worse when Chewbacca died than Anakin? And he's like, oh, fuck, you're an asshole. <laughs> yeah, no, the second question is, how you know, I, um, it's going to be nice to hear how you felt when Chewbacca died. Uh, how How is it that you felt less bad about Anakin dying? And Han, to his cra- in his head, is like, oh, well, I actually have a really good answer for that, so that's not going to be a problem for me. Because, <laughs> you know... We weren't in the middle of a war when Chewbacca died. We were just trying to rescue people, but... We were still we, confused as to what was even going on at the time. But, you know, Anakin at the time was basically a soldier and died in war. We all knew that could happen. Yeah, and I was a general and I was also in the war. But what we learned from this is something that we didn't know, uh, that the next couple books in the uh, Yuzhan Vong crisis, after the one that we read, apparently Han just fucks off. And it's just like, I can't deal with anything right now. I'm going to go be a smuggler for a while because of my Chewbacca dying. Yeah, he just gets 
real sad. He gets a bad case of the sads about Chewbacca and just is like, all right, well, fuck the fact that our entire galaxy is being invaded. I'm going to go have me time. I would like it if his, if his thought in his head was, oh, well, shoot, it's because when Chewbacca died, that was R.A. Salvatore writing the book. <laughs> but, but then when Anakin died, that was Michael P. Coob McDowell, and he doesn't write me as especially emotional, so... <laughs> Uh, Actually, I have no idea what book Anakin died in. I'm just throwing a random Star Wars author at the top of my head. I apologize to Michael P. Coob McDowell. <laughs> you should. Mm -hmm. He should apologize to me, fucking Yavithan crisis. <laughs> okay, so uh, so yeah, and then the final refinement, which is uh, you. F what was something about Jason Solo? It was like who who hurt more between Anakin and Jason Solo dying or something? Yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> It's something about like, hey, when, uh, why did you love Jason less than Anakin? That's right. Why did you love Jason less than Anakin? I don't know. Cause you went completely bug fuck and turned into a Sith man. <laughs> cause, cause Jason was just a weird little idiot that then went dark side because he was like, this ought to help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He was like, well, the problem with all you damn Jedi is that you're not Sith. I'll solve the problem my way. And then before that, he was always just fighting with his dad about force purity or whatever. Oh, yeah. He was, he was, he was kind of a weird, like, just force Nazi before uh, yeah, that. I was, was going to say, he was on, like, force front for, like, you know, hanging out in his, his room on the Falcon, posting to force front for yeah, weeks he's like, well, time. at least I have force purity. <laughs> I've got purity of midichlorian. <laughs> we can't leave governing up to the Gungan. <laughs> <laughs> it it is the Jedi's burden. <laughs> yeah. So that's that's more or less why. I mean, Jason sucked. Yeah. But, you know, again, it's one of those things where that's not you're forcing you Han to be like, yeah. hey, you have to confront the fact that you didn't like one of your kids as much as one of the others. Hey, my kid didn't like me very much. <laughs> he killed my sister-in-law. Like him personally. He did that. He done did it. Yeah. Uh, okay, so so yeah, and, and, but ultimately Han is still trying to play Sabacc to the best of his ability. Like we were saying, a thing happens on the on the first bet round where Kratheus take does does look at his cards and offers to take a fourth. And upon looking at the fourth, he looks distraught. Yeah, because he's counting seconds in mm -hmm. between whether they accept a raise or not. So yes. at first, it takes six seconds uh, for the first two bets. Mm -hmm. And the third bet, when he decides if he's going to stay in, takes 12 seconds. So he's like, oh, okay, hold on. He's, he's fucked up right now. Mm -hmm. So as soon as he says, okay, I'll take a fifth, like before he even has a chance to look at what the fifth card is, Han's just like, call, we're done. Yeah. Yeah. The card hits the table and Han's like, call. And he's like, call because he, like I was saying, he probably, he's fairly certain that, that, uh, Kratheus has busted. And it doesn't matter what trash hand Han has, you can't bust in Sabacc on three cards. Yeah, so, so, and indeed, the cards go red, which is... Locked. A, well, no, that's the, hey, you busted. Oh, the right. back of Kratheus's cards. That's right, yes, yes. His turn green and Kratheus's turn red, the sign that he has busted. And uh, Han doesn't even look at his cards, just shoves them back over there, doesn't need to know what he had. Nope, you probably had some trash, you probably had like an 11. Yeah, but it's better if he doesn't know, because then he can't convey anything to them either. Yes. Now this is just starting to really, between this and the constant... Uh, I have the best hands ever? Yeah, it, the, the, well not just him constantly winning, but also him being nice to Kratheus and mean to Marvid. Marvid is just losing his shit. Oh yeah, well Marvid we know is sort of a tantrum baby. Yes. And uh, the fact that he's like, oh, I could leave you one without I mean, a... I'm pretty sure Kratheus would be a tantrum baby too if the role had been reversed. Uh, these guys just kind of both suck. I mean, yes, but even from the very first that we saw them... Now, Kratheus, when we first met them, Kratheus was the one who was grumpier about business. He was the one who was like, fuck it, we'll just buy you out. What do we give a shit? And Marvin was the one who was like, we should just murder everyone. I yeah. think murder is a good thing. And you're like, dude, aren't you supposed to be like a smart schemer? Yeah, it turns out murder is a very smart scheme. I've got this delicate scheme. I call it murder. <laughs> it works 100% of the time. <laughs> 60% of the time. <laughs> so so he gets the answer to his question, does Han, because he wins the hand. Uh, the answer is that they are at their home base, which is a bubble uh, outside of space-time. Yeah, they are at... <sighs> the core of the rift, they yeah, call it. Yeah, they're like, oh, you, uh, you have to go to the middle of the rift to get there, but where we are isn't exactly certain because the 
space time presses outward from where we are. Mm-hmm. And which is the opposite of a black hole, apparently. They're yeah, because like, like a black hole sucks in yeah. everything, and this is, I guess, expanding it out. Uh, so it's like the ass of a black hole. <laughs> well, I mean, there is there is astro uh, astronomic theory that there should be white holes to counterbalance black holes in the universe. Yeah, that just sit there farting out like Stuff. huge graphitic pressure outward, and yeah, and and but uh, an incredible amounts of energy should be coming out of them too. So uh, I guess that probably, although you know, not to the level. One of, if one of those actually existed, it'd be constantly spewing out huge amounts of radiation and radio waves and light and shit. Indeed, and, and it would just melt them wherever they happen to be. So it's probably not one of those. It's no, pro- it's it's probably some dumb Star Wars thing. Yep, it's some dumb Star Wars thing. Maybe but, it's crystals. But <laughs> that's it's been crystals at least two times. <laughs> Might be crystals. Could be Jedi's. <laughs> Could be Jedi crystals. I mean, there have been Jedi crystals and crystal Jedis. Indeed. So. You never know with Star Wars. <laughs> I wonder if anyone has, any of the books mentioned someone taking one of those uh, intelligent intelligent sill crystals out of uh, the planet from Planet of Twilight and running a lightsaber current through it to see what kind of cool lightsaber you get. Oh, you get a screaming one. Just a... <laughs> I mean, that is the coolest Sith lightsaber you could possibly build. Oh, yeah, my crystal's alive and it hates this. <laughs> Except it doesn't actually work like a kyber crystal in that it gives me a lightsaber. It just tortures the guy in the crystal. Oh, yeah. This isn't a lightsaber. It's just a taser. I just <laughs> I hit a button and it makes a thing scream. There's That's a, it. There's a lightsaber on the other side. I hit a button and it makes that scream from the uh, beginning of Mr. Wendell. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I like it if it works as a lightsaber, but it's like a crappy one. Like, oh, no, it, it sucks. I mean, it's just for show. It, it's more of a flashlight than anything at this point. <laughs> I just do it because I like the screaming. I got a big, screamy flashlight. <laughs> and that's me, Darth Dickwad. <laughs> uh, I'm sorry, you mean Darth Dickwa? <laughs> Darth Ickwad? Darth Ickwad. <laughs> it's me, Darth Ickwad Crane. <laughs> I was defeated by the Headless Jedi. <laughs> Uh, he did have shoes, though. <laughs> yes. Not there, barefoot. There can only be one barefoot Jedi. Ah, yes. The Contessa. <laughs> uh, okay, so, I, I mean, do, is there more that we have to do in this chapter? No. I mean, this one was pretty short, self-contained little story. Yeah, it was a little tiny story. We do. We, Han does learn about three-quarters of the way through the chapter that the needles are that are in him are really, really, really in him. Oh, they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, they're going all the way into the middle of your brain, sir. They're like, don't try and pull that shit out. You'll probably kill yourself. You'll, you'll definitely, you'll leak brain fluid everywhere. But they're there to make sure that when you do answer our questions, you're being honest. Which, again, they keep threatening, like, oh, if you don't want to play Sabacc, we'll just do normal means and i'm like why don't you do that you hate him already (laughs) what is this shit all you're doing is offering up information to him for nothing well i i assume that they're both so arrogant they're like that their whole thing was like we'll beat him at what he's best at (laughs) that'll show him oh wait we're terrible at this Well, Han, we're playing a game where all three of us fly millennium falcons through an asteroid field (laughs) Uh, <laughs> and then after that, we're going to play a different game where we all mourn Chewbacca's. <laughs> Good. Whoever mourns Chewbacca's the hardest is the strongest among us. <laughs> we're two steps ahead. <laughs> My mourning is too strong for you, traveler. <laughs> I'm already moved to anger. <laughs> I'm going into battle, and I need your strongest mourning. <laughs> My strongest mornings will kill you. <laughs> Kill a Wookiee, let alone a man. <laughs> Why do you make them then? <laughs> Come on, what is the point of you? What you potion seller, you kind of suck as a potion seller. Oh yes, I would really prefer it if you called me potion crafter. <laughs> They're not for sale. They're just artisanal. <laughs> I'm just trying to win a county fair blue ribbon. <laughs> you shouldn't eat this, chili. <laughs> it's too hot for you, traveler. It's made with ghost peppers. 
Those are hot right now. And in general. They're so in. <laughs> this chili. What are we doing? I don't know. I was just reminded the other day that we used to do, well, I used to do a shitload of references to Potion Cellar, and I wanted to do more because I love it. <laughs> I haven't stopped loving Potion Cellar, even though I did stop making references to it. Okay, well, I just, I'm sure you just needed to get that word out there. I did. I needed to let people know. <laughs> well, good thing we have a platform. <laughs> Okay, so yeah, that's pretty much what's going on with Han. Meanwhile, uh, Luke has woken up, and he is inside the Ormni. Yes. Uh, R2-D2 is zapping him with a little electronic prod because uh, him and Leia both went into a healing uh, Jedi trance. Mm -hmm. and Because they hit themselves with a torpedo, and they are both mega fucked up. Yeah, they slammed into the Ormni, and then also had to detonate their core. Mm-hmm. So they they got burns all over, like gashes. They got broken bones. They were just ultra fucked. Yeah, now Luke's not looking great exactly. He just gave himself five hours to go into his healing trance and then had, uh, had R2 wake him up. But when he looks over at Leia, she is just fucked. Yeah, like she still has a bunch of gashes on her face. She's got. I mean, she was even still wounded from the last time she got blowed up in this book. Oh yeah, like she's got horrible like burn boils all over her. Mm-hmm. It is. It's not a good time. She's like half melted and has no hair left. Yeah, her <laughs> eyebrows and eyelashes and a lot of the t- like right side of her hair are gone. Yeah, but at least that gives her a really sweet looking undercut. <laughs> yeah. Why, she's 67-year-old Punk Leia now. Hell yeah. Fuck yes, that sounds rad as hell. Uh, but but eventually he, he looks over and he's like, I wish we could let her stay in her dumb healing trance so she could get better. But we've, we are hiding in a locker room on the blowed up part of the Ormney, and they're going to come looking for us eventually. Well, he was like, okay, R2, wake me up if something happens. Mm-hmm. And indeed, something has. Yes, yeah, uh... When he's directed to what's happened, he he looks he peers peers over a bulkhead and through a window, and there down below is a young woman who is dressing down a duro guy in in like uh, worker overalls. Yeah, and it is indeed our barely legal teen Sith, mm-hmm. Savara Rain, as we have come to know her. Uh, but apparently the, the Duro guy isn't calling her that. He's calling her... Oh, no, he is no. calling her that. Luke doesn't recognize her as that. Yes. He knows her as Vistara, the Sith that <sighs> turned against him when they were both trying to defeat the Yuzhan Vong or yeah, something. I think Vistara Kai dated Ben Skywalker for a little while, too. Uh, but yeah, he's like, that's Vestara Kai. And I'm like, okay, Vestara Kai and Savara Rain. How many different like candle fragrances does this lady need for herself? <laughs> I'm going to be so many different throw pillows. Well, my real name is Vestara Kai, but for the Midwest beauty pageant circuit, I'm going by Savara Rain. Uh, it's, uh... Either way, I'm very unpleasant at Disneyland. <laughs> so unpleasant. <laughs> so yeah, he's mostly just like, all right, what the fuck is going on? As much as my initial reaction is, oh, I hate her like a whole lot and would love to kill her. He's like, well, you know, I'm all fucked up. And plus, that's the dark side. And, you know, maybe let's not just immediately do revenge. Yeah. Now, she's down there yelling at this Duro guy, and her basic whole thing is, obviously, they didn't die. They're super great Jedis, and they are. De- this was definitely a trick. You didn't find any body parts. And he's like, yeah, their core exploded. That probably would have vaporized them. She's like, eh. definitely didn't and then she walks over to like a chunk of wreckage and she's like well show me what you see here and he's like well that's a hatch that's a hatch on the side of their dumb spaceship where they were definitely you know cooked alive and she's like this hatch is open and he's like oh god how did i not notice that i'm also wondering this question because apparently it's the size of a garage door and also who gives a shit if a thing crashed into the side of the ship, no, it's, maybe the hatch opened. No, it's cool. They jumped. They opened up the hatch right, the hatch right before it crashed, and they jumped. Yeah, well, it's it's like when a elevator is crashing down. If you jump right before it hits, uh-huh. you're going to be fine. You're going to be perfectly fine, as proven by Wiley Coyote on a number of occasions. Uh, no, the fact that 
she just looks at an open hatch and is like, that means they're alive. Not that a hatch came loose after it exploded, but definitely they're alive. Well, she's just very genre savvy. She's like, look, Leia can fly in space. It's a well-documented filmed fact. Look, I used to work with Luke Skywalker. He has bullshit made up power. Okay? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, they they are definitely alive, and they're on this ship somewhere, and they are going to fuck up everything if we don't find them while they're still super fucked up, because they definitely are. Yeah. Look, they had to crash into here at mm, ridiculous speed. Yeah. Now, Leia, or luckily, apparently, uh, force healing trances also completely hide your force signature. Yes, because you draw the force inward to heal, so you're not projecting outward I, you know, okay i guess that's fair i feel like it would create a big you know a, a very specific spot of potent force for sensing <laughs> i mean it wouldn't be very big it'd be like roughly princess leia sized <laughs> but but you'd be like oh well there's someone there's a lot of force energy kind of concentrating over there and but then again that's that's fine-tuned force sensing which isn't what sith are supposed to be good at no but like luke is saying okay i've drawn my force aura like super close into myself mm -hmm. and the healing trance makes your force like concentrated within you instead of being an outside aura but even then if you were a sith you'd be like okay cool uh i'm just gonna see let me try and sense if anybody is alive around here i'll reach out with the force and mm -hmm. oh it looks like there are two living people i don't know that those are jedi but there are two alive people right near this crash site. Honestly, I'm very impressed at her restraint. I, if I were her in this situation, if I was a 20-year-old mass-murdering Sith witch anyway, I'd be like, all right, great. Let's isolate the half of the ship that I'm not on and flood, it to, flood its atmosphere. Yeah. Just just dump it to space. <laughs> there we go. That'll kill 50% of the... That, that kills 50% of Luke and Leia. Like, speaking statistically, they're 50% dead now. <laughs> <laughs> Plus, I did concentrate the, the flooding to the part of the ship that they landed on, so I'm going to bump that up a couple of points. <laughs> <laughs> you killed thousands of people. Eh, eh Sith. <laughs> I mean, I'm they gonna, never should have put me in charge of anything. I'm going to kill you for mentioning it. I mean, what do you... <laughs> that pirate. <laughs> but uh, Luke then goes back and he's like, well, shit, I got to wake up Leia and be like, hey, Leia, we got to... We got a situation. We got to get the fuck out. Yeah. So she's, he's like, hey, look, okay, first of all, draw your force energy in. Okay, good. Now you got that. You got that taken care of. Great. All right. Vistara Kai is here. And oh, Leia's like, fuck. oh, I'm going to kill her. Ooh, you know what I want to do? I want to stab her. I want to kill her real good. He's like, yeah, even if we were in a position to do that, please don't. Yeah, that's dark side stuff, Leia. Please, please don't dark side stuff. And she's <laughs> please, like, please, please stop trying to dark side this entire novel. And she's like, hey, haven't you read The Crystal Star? I'm really good at dark side stuff. <laughs> and it doesn't corrupt me at all. Not in a little bit, because I'm doing it for my kids or whatever. <laughs> I got a good reason. Mm -hmm. And the reason is, fuck her. Am I right? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so their new plan is to keep moving so that Vistara Kai, uh, or as everyone on the ship is calling her, Savara Rain, can't find them. Yeah, so first order of business is to get out of their melty, fucked up jumpsuits. And put on workers' coveralls. Yeah, and ooh, it's a bad time for them because they're like, well, I'm covered in horrible burns and like my entire body hurts, so let me just peel one thing of stuck-to-me clothes off, and then put some rough clothes over that. Ah, this is feeling great on my sunburns and actual burns. Ah, like sandpaper all over me. Fabulous. Ooh, the best part is when it sticks a little bit, and it feels like my skin is Velcro. <laughs> I hate this. Uh, and then, uh, you know, they get a hat and a gas mask, and mm -hmm. they're like, it's unfortunate that we can't just put the mask on because no worker would have this uncomfortable piece of shit on unless they were specifically in an area they needed it. Right. Uh, so then they start making their way through the ship. And as they do, you can hear rain in the bottom being like, okay, they're not only they're definitely alive, but they're going to start moving through the ship now. And I'm going to be willing to bet they're wounded. So let's go ahead and I'm going to go check, like, say, for example, the locker rooms surrounding the hole where the ship came in. Oh, yeah. She's like, hey, Duros uh, guy. Does uh does this place have an area where people would go in an emergency if there was a crash? He's like, oh yeah, there's plenty around here. It's over there. Okay, well, why why haven't you looked in there? Jesus fucking Christ! What is wrong with you? They definitely died. I don't need to look in any place. Mm -hmm. They're dead. <laughs> no, they are. I mean, 
it's weird how hard it is for people to impress on other folks in the Star Wars universe that Luke Skywalker cannot be killed. Yeah. Like, it's just, it feels like he'd be, she could just be like, look, this dude's, like, in charge of all the Jedi. You've heard of the Jedi, right? Like, the Jedi, <laughs> you know, the you know fancy hokey force religion, but then was proven to be real, like, 35 years ago. And ever since then, they've been a real pain in the ass for everyone. Uh, yeah, they're here. And this one in particular is the best one. <laughs> yeah. I need, I need you to understand, when I tell you that this dude does not play fair. <laughs> yeah. This dude one time got real mad, grabbed a Star Destroyer with his mind, and and hit another Star Destroyer with it. So That uh, happened once. You know, it's possible he may have not died in a simple crash. <laughs> it's, in fact, it's highly unlikely. In fact, having done a lot of homework about Luke Skywalker, there is a famous time where he faked a crash to get onto a planet to fool a whole Star Destroyer full of Empire people. It did not work. It didn't work, <laughs> but he's still alive. Just so you know, you're an idiot. <laughs> so, but yes, he has R2 be like, hey, uh, R2, go fucking seal the door mm-hmm. super shut so that it takes them a minute to get through because we got to limp our ragged, broken bodies across this catwalk. Yeah. Now, even as they're making their way across the catwalk, they start seeing the heat go through the door. As Savara starts cutting through, because she's like, I'm not going to wait for this bullshit broken door. Fuck this. I'm, I'm a Sith. I've got a lightsaber. Mm-hmm. Meh. It screams. <laughs> <laughs> Turn me off. Uh, man, that's a horrible thing to have thought of to do. <laughs> uh, so they make their way to a, a, an area where a lot of evacuating workers are making their way out of the impacted crash site part of the Ormney. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they line up and they're immediately spotted by the Mando because they're Again, very, very wounded. Yeah. And the Mando guard, because there's a Mando guard and there's two Nargons. Remember Nargons? We haven't talked about that Remember in a while. Nargons? <laughs> they were so hot in 1988. <laughs> so the Mando and the two Nargons see them as they're coming up, and the Mando's like, what the fuck happened to you two? And they're like, oh, we were in the blast zone. Yeah, we uh, managed to hide out, but we were caught in there. Sat too close to Shamu. Do not do it. <laughs> Man. Splash zone. Am I right? Am I anyway, right? can I go? Yeah. I got to go to the infirmary real quick. Yeah. And then he's like, well, I need to see your identification. And Luke straight up just does the old, no, you don't. No, I'm good. You do not need to see No, my- I left it back there. It's fine. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you left your your information back there. It's fine. You should go to the infirmary. Because, you know, Mando. Now, Nargons, on the other hand, are like, what the fuck are you doing? I don't have enough brain for you to force fuck with. Yeah. Let me see your ID. And the Mando just kind of goes, that's fine. They can go. Let them go through, you big dumb lizard robot who could easily tear me in half. And they're, I guess, bred to take instructions because they do for now. Yeah. They're like, all right, fine. Well, apparently they're bred to take instructions and then kill you about a minute later. (laughs) Yeah. Because every time we've seen them, they're like, ah, yes, we will be subservient. Wait a minute. No. Fuck you. I'm going to tear you in half. So Luke and Leia make their way towards the elevator that's going to take them to the infirmary. But they aren't going to the infirmary because that would just get them caught. Uh, Their plan is to go up to the executive boardrooms and go to the good infirmary. Yeah. Well, they also need to go up there because that's the only place where they're probably going to find information on where the Krefs took Han. Yeah. Because right now... They have no idea where they went off to. Yeah. Uh, now, Luke does mention that now that Savara, or sorry, uh, uh, what's uh, Vestara Kai is pursuing them, it might be in their best interest to just steal a ship and take off and go after the uh, the Orel moon. Uh, but they're not going to do that yet. No, because, again, they have no idea, and just farting around the rift isn't exactly going to do anything. I think the weirdest thing to me was the part where he was like, well, we should steal a ship, but he doesn't say ship. He, say so- he says some made-up slang for Star Wars ship I hadn't heard before. He was like, we should steal a Bessie. <laughs> I was Which like, I assume... cowboying everything? Well, I assume that's just the name of one of the fucking tugboat things that oh, exist around actually, here. Actually, now that I think about it, if it is Bessie, if I was right with that term, that's just Bezalisk, isn't it? I don't know. Or Bezalisk. Bezalik. Bezalik, the, the Mando's fighter ships. Yeah. Yeah, that does actually add up. Never mind. I apologize, Troy Denning. I am so sorry. I apologize to Troy Denning. I would also like to apologize to uh, Michael P. Coob McDowell. <laughs> uh, Kevin J. Anderson, continue to fuck yourself. Uh, I know you have been, but please continue. <laughs> Never stop. Never stopping. Uh, 
That's just a huge slam on Kevin J. Anderson out of nowhere. Uh, okay, so, but they're going to head up to the boardroom. But as they press the elevator lights to go up to the boardroom, some Nargons come up behind them. They're like, hey, you can't use that. Any, anybody who works here would know they're not allowed to go to the executive boardroom. Roll a, pr- roll a bluff check. <laughs> Show me your ID. They're like, we told you we don't have it. Then we will murder you. Okay, but I've got other identification. I got, I don't know, credit chips or something <laughs> i've got other identification i wrote my name on my underwear here you go <laughs> i have a i have a utility bill here look at my most recent utility bill and here's my uh my diner stubs <laughs> i got pay stubs i got a diner's club card what do you need look here's a library membership uh so you know, uh, this is all just stalling. They yeah, get, Luke and Leia are just hoping they get close enough so that when they bring the lightsabers out, they can just murder them immediately. And it almost works, but not quite. They get the lightsabers out, they murder the Nargons, but Nargons are hard to kill, so they get a couple more gashes into Luke and Leia. Yeah. Uh, Luke gets slammed across the side, mm-hmm. so his ribs are all fucked up, and Leia gets just like clawed across her back yeah they're very i mean they, people everyone in this book is taking a lot of hit points worth of damage oh yeah i mean this is just like it says in the book that they are leaking blood like if they stand still for a minute there is a puddle beneath them yeah this is a fucked up situation they are not doing great uh so now at this point they're still heading up to the executive area but they're going specifically to the executive infirmary uh, hopefully, they think, the infirmary is going to be like most starship infirmaries, staffed with droids. Yeah. And, you know, even if it wasn't, they could just be like, well, we'll, I don't know, slap you around a little and then take some back to Sav or whatever. I mean, they could just be like, force control. You have to follow your Hippocratic oath or whatever. <laughs> Do no harm. And they'd be like, wait a minute, Hippocrates is an Earth thing. <laughs> yes, but Hippocrates was also an ancient Jedi consular, so... <laughs> He had to go to hell once. That's the for- <laughs> that's the force dimension where Sith go. Anyway, that's us. <laughs> Don't worry about it. All words are the same word. There's ducks on Naboo. All right, carry on. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, they get out, and when they uh, get out the elevator, they are greeted by a couple of mandos. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, it's the executive area. They've got some security there. Yeah, and we run into, I think it's a brother and sister pair of Mandos. Yep. Uh, their names are like Jarl and Divas or something like that. It doesn't, <laughs> it's, it does, it's, uh, it's a brother-sister that's like Jorm and Gino. Yeah, there you go. Uh, it's Jackie and Jorm Jomp. Indeed. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> <laughs> and they just immediately pull guns on the two of them so that there's 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 not really a fight here. They just they are pull guns on the two of, or lightsabers or whatever it is on on Jimbo and and uh, Kearney and they're like you two, you're going to, you know, get up against the wall and hold and shut up and hold still. Yeah. And uh, this goes on for a while with the two it's a whole standoff thing, but ultimately the the Mandos do know when they're more or less beaten, so they just kind of go up against the wall and they're like, "Look, the moment we get out of this, we're going to kill you. I'm just going to let you know." I'm just going to let you know. Uh, you're asking us to take off our armor, and you're going to take it, and the Beskar armor for Mando is like a thing for us, mm-hmm. so... Well, because that, that happens eventually. At first, they're like, you're gonna, we're going to march the two of you into the infirmary, and then we're gonna, we're, we'll figure it out from there. And at this point, they're like, yeah, we're still going to kill you, or, or someone else on the ship is. There's oh, a yeah, si- you're leaking blood. A yeah. Nargon's going to come up here, sniff you out, and destroy you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they're like, yeah, we'll figure that out when we get to it. But they take them into the infirmary, and Leia's plan is basically to use a hypodermic full of anesthetic to shoot these two unconscious, Yeah. then strip them of their armor and so that they can't come after them right away, and dump them. And that's when the girl ver- of the brother-sister group is like, is like, hey, don't make us take off our armor. That's that's like a whole religious that, thing. That's a fucked up thing to do to yeah, us, specifically. That's, that's, that's a... That's a religious thing. And she's like, yeah, it's super convenient that your religion is involved. It is like, don't disarm us and take our weapons and <laughs> yeah, stuff. It's fucked up if you try and make us not be able to kill you. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? I respect all religions and cultures, but since your entire religious structure is basically tactics, <laughs> eat a dick. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. According to my religion, I have to be allowed to stand behind you and I get to have this knife. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, the... <laughs> They they do some intimidation tactics things with them as well because they're like oh you know we're gonna have to put you over here and they're like yes but someone will be on their way shortly they're like oh did you contact someone yes 
No, you didn't. No, you're lying. We're... And the great part is they don't know their names yet. And like Luke just leans in and goes, no, you didn't. Joram. And he's like, ah, oh, fuck Jedi's. God damn it. Oh, the natural enemy of the Mando. Well, I thought your natural enemy was like monkey people. <laughs> yeah, yeah, shut up. Shut up. Don't. Yeah, <laughs> we, don't we don't want. That's not a. That, no, no, <laughs> don't. Don't worry about be, that. Be, be cool, man. Be cool. <laughs> How dare you? <laughs> Uh, Joram and something else. What was the other one? Uh, Jahan. Jahan? Jahan. Jahan or Jahan. Okay. Yeah, it's like J-H-A-N, I think. Oh, so Jean. Jean. Yeah, okay, that's fine. So Joram and Jean, uh, and they get, you know, knocked unconscious and stuffed in a closet. And at this point, there's a droid in here that's like, hey, I can't. I don't think I can allow you to stuff Mandos I, in my closets. I need you to give me your ID. You'd better have that ready. And <laughs> Leia just fucking shoots the thing in the head. <laughs> like, I don't got time for this bullshit. I, I love the description though. She's just like, yeah, yeah, why don't you go over there real quick? And it's like, alright, I don't see any reason why I shouldn't. And she shoots it in the back of the head, which doesn't kill it. It just removes its motivator circuits so it just keeps going forward until it bonks into a wall and falls over. Bump. <laughs> <laughs> like, like a Roomba. Uh, and she's like, well, that takes care of that stupid idiot problem. And all the, all the while, she's like plugging drugs into herself and covering herself with bandages and so on. Uh, Luke goes off to find medical equipment. And when he comes back, Leia has made a horrifying discovery. Or not actually a, a useful discovery. A horrifyingly Horrif- useful discovery. <laughs> Spookily scarifying. <laughs> it's magically delicious. She's found Dina use. Or yus. Yes. Yus. Dina Yuss, uh, pale, injured, lying in a hospital bed. Yeah. And, you know, for us, we know it's probably because she's been uh, deprived, deprived of, of whatever the fucking Ketracel White. Yeah, her enzymes. Her, yeah. her weird, clear enzymes. So she is just on the table looking real fucked up. And is like, hey, hey, I'll, uh, I'll help you find out where Han is. Because, yeah, fuck these guys, am I right? <laughs> yeah. She's like, hey, you got to help me up out of this bed, and we got to hurry, because our chance to rescue Han is slipping away. Just like me. Just slip sliding. By the way, have you guys seen any clear serums? <laughs> you guys got any, like, thick water? <laughs> what you got? Any like, thick water? You know that stuff they give you at a hospital if you're at a risk of aspirating? Yeah. I'm looking for some of that thick water. I need that thick water. Maybe mix it up. Give me some thick coffee. <laughs> give me two with two C's, please. <laughs> thick calf, if you would. <laughs> I just, the other day, I was on the Wikipedia uh, reading about pureed foods and thickened foods in hospitals. Oh, yeah. Both of which sound just awful. Oh, they're the worst. But I think the favorite thing about the pureed foods was, was the food scoops used to serve pureed foods that are in the shape of the thing you have pureed well yeah because you can either just get like an ice cream scoop plop of food yeah hamburger yeah or they'll be like all right we pureed like some meat and we crafted the puree to look like a little steak yeah so you know at least that's what you're getting into yeah we we took some corn pureed it and then we put it in a little thing that makes it look like corn now have you ever been in the hospital long enough to have to go on to any kind of hospital diet oh no i i did work in a hospital for a little while so i've seen the food made i did not know that yes i thought i knew all your old shitty jobs nope (laughs) yeah there was a time working in the hospital and of course like i saw all the thick water and everything i'm like oh now i am i am an often hospitalized man yes um and i have had to eat some weird dumb diets when i (laughs) When I went in for a ran- just an overdose of Excedrin migraine that caused my stomach to turn itself inside out, um, which I don't remember if we were on the podcast yet. When that, I think we were. No, yeah, the- no, no. Podcast hadn't started for that one. No, uh, no, they- we were not recording when you began to shit your intestines. Yes, when I got the <laughs> when I got the, the the butt disease and nearly and nearly pooped myself <laughs> to death, and it was. It was a horrifying experience, but but the doctors were just like, yeah, don't take Excedrin migraine ever again, and it, you, you won't be back here for this. <laughs> yeah, so, for this. Kind of a weird event. But they put me on a clear diet, which yeah. is just like, okay, your food is these two different broths, and then this dessert broth, and mm. then a and then a jello that's that's no flavor, and then some water, and here's a little packet of salt. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, dude, just kill me. Just <laughs> Can't you just hook the IV up to me and give me my nutrition that way. Yeah. Uh, and then the for the same one, they maybe drink that that stuff that shows up under a uh, an X-ray. Oh, yeah. That that big, thick gallon of, of 
chalk water. Yeah, where you're like, hey, here's like a fucking jug of nasty. Why don't you drink this down and we'll see what your insides look like. I, I think my favorite thing is when, when they bring that to you and give it to you, they also bring you a cup of ice. <laughs> this ought like, to help. This is better cold. And I'm like, no, I don't. I'm just gonna- You're wrong. <laughs> it's not better ever. So I'm a... Uh, I'm an old-handed, disgusting hospital food. <laughs> mm, which, cold goop. So when you say thick water, my, I'm just like, oh, no. I've managed to stay away from the thick water, and I want to keep it that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I have never had to imbibe thick water, but having poured thick water, I was like, ooh, I'm so sorry whoever gets this. Mm-hmm. Last time I was in the hospital, that one was for the podcast. Yeah. Um, I was on the, the heart danger diet, so it was completely salt-free. And so my nurses immediately noticed I wasn't eating anything. They're like, what's wrong? And I was like, it all tastes like rubber. I hate it. And so they were like, oh, this happens to a lot of people who are being pulled off salt. Here's 15 jellos. <laughs> Here's all the jello. Because <laughs> if there's the only thing you can eat is salt-free, then you're just going to immediately gravitate towards candy. And here's a lot of it. <laughs> uh, so there you go. There's some hospital food stories that I only told because we were a little short on time. <laughs> Uh, so does anything else happen? They find Dina use. That's pretty much the end of yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, that's the end. So I mean, the big thing we get from this chapter is the intrigue of what the hell is going on with Vistara slash Savara. Yes. Do we think she changed names or is there something sinister afoot? No, I'm sure she just used a different name because everything we've seen from her, she is terrified of Luke Skywalker. That is true. She is absolutely 100% afraid of Luke Skywalker. So I assume she was like, I'm just going to change my name, what people say my name is. So even if a whisper of who I am gets out, it at least isn't the one that he wants to murder. Yeah. And when he's talking to Joram and Jean, Luke's like, Oh, and, and also we're we're uh, we're trying to track down the Sith lady on this this ship, Savara Rain. And Joram just goes, Oh, they're talking about Miss or Lady Kai. Or no, sorry, back reverse all that. Yes. Yeah. We're looking for Vistara and they're like, he means Lady Rain. Uh so I assume Luke has to get with the program on that one eventually. Eh. I'm still not sure there's not something doubly sinister afoot though. Eh. What if there's something sinister in feet? I yeah, you don't yeah, think so? I don't think so. Uh, I think so. Uh, this book is still kind of lacking a MacGuffin element to it. It's still just. Are sort of- you sure that it's lacking a MacGuffin element? Well, okay, sure. Ship showed up at one point, but I'm still kind of waiting for. Almost every Star Wars novel is someone invented an extra secret piece of technology or a double secret new kind of extra force Sith trick. Every one of them has always got to be. It's never just like. And then the Empire shows up, and they have Empire stuff, and then the Rebels show up, and they have Rebel stuff, and they kiss. That doesn't... That never happens. It's always like, I invented a double-secret black hole elimination laser. Uh, well, I mean, I think the MacGuffin in this is, what are the Krefs actually after, is essentially what it is. That's fair. That's fair. All right. Well, we'll find out when we find out. In the meantime, folks, something else we could find out is weird articles from Wikipedia. <laughs> That's right. We can... I got there. We can go ahead and guide you, our special flock, our little lambs, toward patreon.com slash system mastery, where we have curated the very finest of Wikipedia articles for you to consume as we vomit them into your mouths like baby birds. I, I mean, I'm honestly more comfortable with vomiting things into our listeners than anything we do being described as curation. <laughs> Hey, man, we're curating. <laughs> I mean, I guess. We're not not doing that. We're curating in the same way that, like, a magpie stealing shit from our yard is curating. <laughs> I, I, sure. Uh, but but uh, people keep sending us shit, so yeah, I guess we're curating shit. Hell yeah. Yeah. All right, well, to do that, you go to patreon.com slash system mastery and support us at the what level, John? Dose. Two dollar. The two of dollars. What a great deal that is, because it unlocks like four to six episodes of bonus content every month at the $2 level. Yeah, it's a a real good deal. Yeah, you should stop by and do it. It's good entertainment. If you're stuck sitting at your office and they're not, they won't let you watch YouTube videos, but they will let you have headphones, that's where we come in. Yeah, we get to sneak in right mm-hmm. at the just barely acceptable level. We'll entertain you all quiet-like. Yeah. Yeah. Don't tell yeah. your boss nothing. It's just you and us. Don't don't let anyone else in on this. This is you and me now. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to just you. Yeah. We're having a special moment, you goof. <laughs> Somebody put semen in our tailpipes. Jesus Christ, your Jim Cummings is chilling. <laughs> 
That's a compliment. <laughs> All right. So once again, pa- page- <laughs> because I am terrified of Jim Cummings. I- oh no, Jim Cummings! <laughs> ah, he'll voice Winnie the Pooh. <laughs> oh boy, though. Uh, okay, so, so Patreon.com/slash/SystemMastery for the bonus content. Find us our regular stuff at SystemMasteryPodcast.com uh, or on Twitter or Facebook or whatever. We're always System Master wherever you happen to look. Uh, this month and this month alone, we're still we're still shilling for our friends' Kickstarter project, which will launch in just a day or two. I think it'll actually come out pretty much the day this episode goes live. That's Descent into Midnight. Uh, it's a really cool PBTA inspired undersea game of collaboration and ma- and magic, <laughs> magic collaboration and magic collaboration and coming super fast. <laughs> Don't play Descent into Midside- Midnight if you have a jealous girlfriend. That's right. Mm-hmm. That's the bit we used before. And we're going to stick to it now. It's going to be a whole month of that bit. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. the whole thing. Doctors hate it when you play Descent into Midnight. (laughs) One weird trick. (laughs) Oceanographers hate it. (laughs) All right. So support our friends thing, because we're going to. And then otherwise, thank you so much for listening. I've been Lansley's Bogiano. And I love winning at Sabak all the time. Who doesn't? (laughs) 